from the world famous city of New Orleans, it's the Black and Blue Report. Starring Sean Kelly, producer Dan, D-Dub in the Black and Blue Orchestra, yeah. and the Benchwarmers. Today's special guests include the New Orleans Saints, the New Orleans Pelicans, and whoever else we could get to stop by. Online and worldwide, it's the Black and Blue Report. Live, sort of, from Studio B, here's Sean Kelly. How goes it? It is the Thursday edition of the Black and Blue Report. I hope this finds you well. We have good news today, of course, with the Pelicans' win last night. We're going to talk about that. We're going to also continue our conversations about the Saints and Rams. And a high school football championship started Louisiana today. All good stuff. So, uh, again, the sun's out today, and uh, I know it's cold, but uh, we've got a good show lined up for you today. Producer Dan's across the way. He's with me here in Studio B, and we're certainly uh, very pleased to bring you another edition of the podcast for the New Orleans Saints and New Orleans Pelicans fans out there. We call it the Black and Blue Report. Actually, some asked, someone asked me the other day, why is it called the Black and Blue Report? Uh, black for the Saints, blue for the Pelicans. That was it. That's simply why. It has nothing to do with bruising or cliches about punishing hits or anything else. But uh, that's how we're covering both teams. Um, If you have not gotten the Pelicans app yet, you may want to do so. Uh, It sure did come in handy for me last night in calling the uh, ball game. We had a little glitch in the uh, stat monitor system. And because I have the Pelicans app, I was able to pull up the uh, real-time statistical uh, look at the ball game as I was calling the action. So it paid off pretty well. And, of course, you'll find a lot of good stuff on there, including this program. So if you're a a basketball fan or even just a fan of New Orleans teams, add the Pelicans app, won't you, just like you did for the Saints. And uh, you'll have have the uh, scoop on both teams and the most up-to-date technology in following those two teams. Uh, Speaking of the uh, Pelicans app and the uh, Saints app, you can also find the Black and Blue Report on iTunes. And that has uh, proved to be very successful for a lot of folks because when you hit the subscribe button, uh, it downloads this podcast to your uh, mobile device uh, each and every day. So that way you can get it on your iPad or your iPhone uh, or your Android device, uh, not with iTunes, but with the two team apps. And then on your desktop, the old-fashioned way. Is it, 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 Can we say the desktop is old-fashioned? Have we raced that far down the road? I guess so in some respects. Uh, New Orleans uh, Saints, or excuse me, Pelicans.com and New Orleans Saints.com for those. All right, big win for the Pelicans last night. They took their first in the homestand and went to overtime in beating the uh, Detroit Pistons last night. It was a fun ball game at New Orleans Arena, really from the start last night. And Jason Smith was uh, outstanding. We you know we had talked yesterday with David Wesley about how challenging it would be for the Pelicans, shorthanded in the low post. Uh, in taking on uh, Andre Drummond and Greg Monroe last night. Both guys on the Detroit side had double-doubles, and they kind of had their usual numbers, although Drummond was a little bit off on scoring. But uh, it took a monumental effort from Jason Smith and others and uh, all stepped up in in gaining the overtime win. Uh, Smith last night set a new career high in rebounds with 16. He tied his season high in points with 22, and that matched Ryan Anderson's 22 for team high honors. Anderson started real slow last night but hit some big shots down the stretch. And the Pelicans survived a 13-point fourth quarter to uh, go on to win. It was 96-96, I want to say, at the end of regulation last night. But the Pelicans uh, scored 15 in overtime 
That's just a five-minute span to go on to win, and certainly out-rebounding the Pistons 51-43 to did help. As that would be, we have Jason Smith for you on the Black and Blue Report this morning in just a moment. Also today, we'll, uh, we'll look at the high school football championships in the sense that yesterday quarterback Drew Brees reflected on his run to a state championship during his high school days in Texas. So in honor of those competing this weekend at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome today, tomorrow, and Saturday, uh, we wanted to play Drew's story about his run to a Texas state championship. That's a bit later in the show. And then we'll hear from two of the voices calling the Saints and Rams game this weekend in St. Louis. On the local side, it is Thursday, so therefore we hear from Jim Henderson, the voice of the Saints. Who knows what he'll have for me this week. Um, And then Chris Myers, who will be calling the game for the NFL on Fox, is our guest today in segment uh, four. Dan, right? Yes, segment four. All right, so Jason Smith, uh, Jim Henderson, and Chris Myers. Drew Brees, too. But again, about that win last night, If in case you missed it on the radio, here's a sampling of how we called it at the arena. Sucky for three angle right. Holy cow, it hit the backboard above the box. Here's Holiday at the other end. Three ball of the zones, good. That's angle right, back-to-back threes for New Orleans. And the lead is 11 at 29 to 18. Stuckey goes around a screen by Drummond to the elbow. Throws back over the screen to Jennings. Three ball left angle, no good. Long rebound to Smith. Almost lost it on the outlet to Evans. Threads the needle head to Aminu. Catches on a dunk at the other end. That's eight on the fast break for New Orleans, who goes up by 10. Drummond, jump shot no good from 17. Off the back of the iron and rebounded out of there by Gordon. Gordon racing the other end. He's going to go coast to coast. Rises and scores with the right hand. Eric Gordon now into double figures. He has 11. He's the third Pell into double figures, and it's 63 to 55. New Orleans deep right wing. He holds it. Has the dribble to use. Puts it on the floor against Harrelson. Goes baseline. Spins. Reverse layup won't go. Rebound Harrelson. Out ahead to Jennings. Jennings stops. Shoots elbow left. Rims off. Rebound Monroe. Back up and in. And it's a one point game. 83-82. And the fourth double digit lead of the night for the Pelicans is gone. Two ties at three, takes the lead. Josh Smith isolated. Angle or wing right against Anderson. Runs across the lane. Left hook, good on the run. Josh Smith with an off night has two huge buckets here in the final two minutes. And we're tied at 96 with 115 to play. Here's Holiday up top. Around Anderson's screen. Leaves it for him on a pop. Anderson drives it. Leaves it wing left for Evans. To the elbow and Smith. Shot fake. Driving. Kick to Anderson. Sideline right for three. Yes! Anderson puts the Pelicans back on top, 105-103. So, again, a lot of fun. The Pelicans are now 10-10 and 10 through their first 20. They have one more at home. That's tomorrow night. It's a guys' night out at New Orleans Arena. So, uh, good ticket specials to be found on pelicans.com. And good seats still available as the Pelicans welcome in the Memphis Grizzlies. That'll wrap up the four-game homestand. And hopefully the Pelicans will have a winning record in heading out west for a nine-day Ten or nine-day, five-game road trip. It'll be ten days in all on the road uh, when the Pelicans return on Christmas Eve, and then uh, we'll be back home briefly right after the Christmas holidays. So, uh, need a little momentum going into that road trip, to say the least. And uh, boy, tip of the cap to Tyreek Evans last night, coming back from that ankle injury. He had seven rebounds and 14 points, and and the Pelicans needed every bit of that uh, off their bench in beating the Detroit Pistons. More on the Pelicans' win last night in just a moment. Jason Smith, right around the corner, tell us about his big game last night. 
NBA All-Star 2014 is coming to New Orleans with an exciting lineup. The BBVA Compass Rising Stars challenges your ticket to see the NBA's newest stars. On Friday, February 14th, the New Orleans Arena will play host as the rookies and sophomores team up to battle for bragging rights and make a name for themselves in the Big Easy. Tickets are on sale now through NBAevents.com for as low as $10. BBVA Compass Rising Stars Challenge. Your ticket to see the NBA's newest stars. Are you ready for health care reform? At Blue Cross, we're ready to help. Learn all you can about health care reform at bcbsla.com slash reform. Here you'll find information on tax credits, health insurance options, answers to frequently asked questions, and a handy checklist to help you prepare. Visit us today at bcbsla.com slash reform and get ready. Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Louisiana is an independent licensee of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Association and is incorporated as Louisiana Health Service and Indemnity Company. This is Pelican Center, Jason Smith, and you're listening to the Black and Blue Report. Well, the Black and Blue Report continues with a post-game uh, visit in the Pelicans locker room as the uh, Pelicans won in overtime last night over the Detroit Pistons. Uh, Jason Smith <laughs> is still looking at the box score. And, and, Jason, before I get to your numbers here, well, let's just get right to him since you're pointing to him. That's a career high, by the way, rebounds, and a tying so your season high on points. Did you have any idea that's what kind of a night you were building? No, I did not, actually. I was, uh, was playing hard, playing aggressive, um, really just kind of got into the moment. The, the Pistons never really went away. Uh, they continued to fight the entire game. I know they played the night before in Minnesota, so uh, we really had to come out with a lot of energy tonight. And, and uh, they have a great, great uh, big man system down there uh, with Andre Drummond and Greg Monroe. Uh, we knew we had a fight tonight, um, really came out aggressive. But uh, like I said, they stayed with us the entire game and took us to overtime, but uh, we came out on top in the end. I distinctly remember starting the broadcast by saying Jason Smith has his hands full tonight. Um, how physical was it with those two guys? Very, very physical. They're, they're very physical bigs, um, but that's what they do well. Uh, the Greg Monroe and Andre, they definitely uh, know when the shot's going up, so they, they get great rebounding position. Um, but that was a key for us tonight, is really trying to keep them off the boards. And that's a lot easier said than done. Um, I think we did a great job tonight at some points, had some lulls here and there, but that's how the game goes. You were shorthanded as far as post players go with Greg and Anthony out. Was it, was it a plus for you and Ryan who can move away from the rim a little bit to maybe move them around a little bit more? Well, that's, that's the tricky part. Um, they, they get to, to bang and post up a lot, but they have to guard us on the perimeter as well. And with Ryan, myself, uh, that's, that's a tough matchup. Um, so we give up a little bit of post play, but we also have to, to go out there and, and make them pay on offense. Right, we pointed out your career high and your season high, but let me point out a season low. That's 13 points in a quarter. What happened in the fourth last night? We just had a lull. Um, it, it was good defense on their part, but it was also bad execution on our part. Uh, we really didn't get into sets quick enough. Um, we got the shot clock down a little bit too low and a lot of opportunities, and, and we really kind of had a lull there in the fourth quarter. You scored 13 in the fourth, but 15 in the overtime, which is only five minutes long. Was there, was there a, a moment in the overtime where you felt like you guys finally kind of got over the hump to finish this thing? Well, we knew, that, play? we knew that we just had to go out there and finish the game out. Uh, we had been there before. We, we did that in Chicago. Um, glad we did not go into triple overtime, but overtime nonetheless, and, and we knew that we had to finish out the game. Um, really had a great production from 
Ryan Anderson, I mean, Drew had a great night. Um, but overall, we had a great team night. Tyreek Evans, what's this say about not only Tyreek, but about this group of guys in this locker room that, surprisingly enough, he's able to come back from that ankle injury and give it a go uh, and get you 12 off. What was it? It was 14 off the bench last night. No, he did a great job, and I, di I didn't even expect him to play last night. Uh, for him to come out, play through the pain, I know he was hurting, um, but he, he really gave it his all. Uh, he gives us such an offensive threat and a dynamic threat in transition, attacking the basket. Uh, he did a really good job, and, and that's really good credit to him. 20 games in the book, so about the quarter point of the season, you guys are 10-10. and 10. Your thoughts on where things stand at the moment? Could be better, could be worse. Uh, I think with the injuries that we had and have right now, uh, we really just got to hold down the fort. Uh, when we get Anthony back, when we get Greg back, uh, it's going to be a, a great a great run for us, I think. Uh, we just have to stick to our offense, really know what we got to do on defensive matchups with certain teams, and, and keep on getting wins. Hang on to that box score in your hand. I think it's a pretty good one to keep around for a little while. I'm going to have to do that. I might frame it. Jason Smith played just over 40 minutes in that game last night. Aminu over 42. Anderson played about 36. Andrew Holiday was up over 40 minutes as well. Eric Gordon right behind them at 36 minutes and 15 seconds. So it took a lot of effort, especially from the starters last night. They'll get a bit of a rest uh, today. There'll still be a Pelicans practice today, but those guys will be uh, backed off a little bit going into tomorrow's game against the Memphis Grizzlies. Don't forget our New Orleans Pelicans coverage continues on Pelicans.com today and then tonight on the flagship radio station of the New Orleans Pelicans Radio Network, 105.3 WWL-FM. It's the, another edition of the Monty Williams Show. It's our uh, longest visit of the week with the head coach, and that'll come your way at 8 o'clock tonight. All right, we'll turn our attention to football, Saints and Rams, and we'll start with the voice of the Saints, Jim Henderson, next. Okay, you've just been told you have a serious heart issue, congestive heart failure, a valve problem, a complex rhythm disorder. Now what? At Auctioner, we suggest you take a moment and do some research. When you do, you'll find Auctioner Medical Center has the only heart program in the region ranked among the nation's best by U.S. News & World Report. We routinely treat the most complex cases with revolutionary procedures such as surgical and non-surgical valve replacements and the total artificial heart. And we have the largest, most comprehensive program for treating arrhythmias in the Gulf South, offering options not available elsewhere in the region. At the end of the day, the most important thing to hear is... I just saw your test results, and they look great. No problems. Leading Edge Care. Just one more reason to choose an Auctioner-affiliated physician. For an appointment, visit auctioner.org or call 1-866-AUCTIONER. That's O-C-H-S-N-E-R. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind. It's Thursday. That must mean it's Jim Henderson. The voice of the Saints joins us on the Black and Blue Report. We'll pick up our conversation about the Saints and the Rams with the uh, voice himself. Uh, good Thursday to you, Jim. How are things? Sean, they're just great. How about you? Wonderful, wonderful. The sun is out. Uh, it feels like winter. I guess it is. So, fittingly so. And uh, you're off to my hometown this weekend, St. Louis, Missouri. Um, uh, yes. Thoughts on the Gateway City as you go back up that direction, Jim? Well, we've played them so often. I'm just getting some of my notes together here. I think this is the fourth time in five years that the Saints have taken on uh, the Rams either here or there. Of course, everybody remembers the 2011 game when the Saints went up there and 
got beat 31-21. They were leading their division at the time. The Saints were at 5-2, and two and the Rams were 0-6. So that's a cautionary tale for, I think, the Saints this uh, this visit. I've always enjoyed going to St. Louis, though. So, um been going there a lot. There's a really good prime rib place called Christ's, K-R-E-I-S, apostrophe S, that we go to every year. And uh, uh, one of my favorite memories of going on the road was Hokie Gaijan eating a 64-ounce prime rib there. That's four pounds worth of prime rib. I can't say he finished it, but this is four or five years ago. We've been hanging him on ever since to see if he could do it again. So hopefully we're going to get him to give it a try again Saturday night. And if we do, I don't know if he'll make the game Sunday or not. I don't know. You know, when you go there, that's right in the heart of Ladue, if anybody's uh, kind of familiar with that area. And uh, those who make the mistake or maybe the good fortune of those who order what do they call it? The large or the regular? Because it's a, it's a two bone, bone in prime rib, isn't it? The one you're talking about. Yeah, it's huge. As Hokey described it, when they brought it out, it looked like baked Alaska. <laughs> it's about <laughs> as big as Alaska. You're right about that. Um, you know, in in honor of um, in honor of going to St. Louis, a lot of folks say, you know, Sean, you don't really have an accent per se or a, a dialect since you're from the Midwest, but actually. There's a lot of people from St. Louis who say a couple things differently, um, okay. my father included. So instead of saying 40, like F-O-R-T-Y, uh, up there a lot of them say farty. So, right. So if you're going down, if you're going down to the, the Bush Stadium, you're going to take Highway Farty and you're going to end up at the <laughs> ballpark. Or, or, or you have, might have to take Interstate Farty Far. So in, in honor of that, Jim, I think that on the broadcast on Sunday – Anytime there's a reference, whether it be Farth Down or the Farty Yard Line, you should say Farty as opposed to Forty. Well, that, let me think about that. I mean, I want to be indigenous. I want to be accepted by the right. local culture, but I don't know if I can do that. Let me think about that one. Yeah, it's one of the very— I may say it by mistake anyway. Uh, well, you might, because I'm planting that seed in you now. But uh, <laughs> there are very few dialect, you know, slash accent things about— st louis and and that part of the country but that's that's one of them that even till to this day when my dad says that or mike shannon on the cardinals broadcast i just i chuckle a little bit so i figured you'd appreciate that are you aware of a, a local drink there called a purple hooter i am mm. i am i i can't remember all that goes into that but um it was mentioned board and a bunch of other stuff yes it was mentioned uh, during my formative years not that i was ever partaking at an underage level um, right, but, but, sure. Yes. Jim, when you grow up in St. Louis, uh, Budweiser's in the baby bottle. That's mother's milk. So, uh, anyway. Oh, you know, St. Louis Italian is, beef, Italian beef. I might get some Italian beef when I'm there, boys. You might, you might. And St. Louis is the only other place that I've lived that whenever someone asks where you went to school, um, mm -hmm. it's much like New Orleans. They are asking for where you went to high school, not college. Right. Yes. Right. So that similarity is there as well. Uh, Drew Brees and uh, Sean Payton both have talked about how difficult it is to play at the Edward Jones Dome, which is one of the most nondescript, poorly put-together dome stadiums I think I've ever been in. So what is it about that place that they find so difficult to play in? Well, you know what? Uh, really, I think the, the atmosphere that it provides is usually one of like a mausoleum. I think it's hard to get up to play there. It's kind of dark. Uh, there's not a lot of enthusiasm for the team. I mean, as you well know, this is Cardinal territory. And when we were there in 2011, the fans were cranked up over honoring the St. Louis Cardinal baseball team that had just won the World Series. And that was about the only excitement that occurred prior to the game. 
And then, of course, uh, the Rams went on to beat the Saints. So I don't think it's certainly not an, an atmosphere that's analogous to, to Seattle or anywhere like that. It's just mostly a depressing atmosphere. You you well know this is a place that a lot of people think uh, the carrot of Los Angeles will be held over this franchise about moving. And uh, so I think more than anything, it's a depressing atmosphere that's hard to get up for. And, and that's going to be important in this game because the, the Rams have started slowly the last two weeks. Uh, scoring just three points in each of their two losses. And uh, the Saints have mentioned many times how important it will be for them to get off to a fast start in this game. We see this scenario lots of times when you've got a, a downtrodden team, an underdog team, and you hope to turn the fans against them, and they're on their quarterback uh, as they are Kellen Clemens here in St. Louis, and there's already some clamoring that they need to see Austin Davis, who's a free agent rookie out of southern Mississippi, to see what he can do. And, you know, one thing that's interesting about the St. Louis team is they own the Redskins' number one draft choice this year, which right now is number two in the draft. So they're already looking at what they're going to pick with their two picks in the first round and whether they truly need to replace Sam Bradford, who's hurt. Yeah, and it, of course, as you mentioned, the atmosphere and everything else, it's now 10 straight losing seasons in St. Louis at 5-8. and eight. Um, I thought you, and you were standing right there yesterday, Jim, when Ed Daniels asked Drew Brees if this was a trap game. I love Drew's answer when he said he really doesn't believe in those but I also thought at the same time the question was very legitimate based on what you've been coming off of, the stretch of uh, high anxiety, primetime games that had great implications on not only the playoffs but your own division. Uh, where did you stand when you, when you heard that, that exchange yesterday? Well, I mean, you look at the schedule, and yes, it could be when you, as you well mentioned and noted the fact that they've been on such an irregular schedule and they're coming off the huge game against Carolina – but I don't know how you can overlook St. Louis when a victory gives you a spot in the playoffs. So I think were this uh, a different time in the schedule, yes, maybe it could be. Um, but I think with the implication being that if you win this game, you are truly in the playoffs. Uh, if the Saints may lose this game, but it won't be because they, they've been trapped. We haven't talked a whole lot in specifics about the Saints' defense, Jim, and that's probably my fault. Uh, when, when you look at what the story has become, in uh, Rob Ryan's first year with the New Orleans Saints, where where does the Cam Jordan Jr. Gallette duo uh, place in the storytelling of of what's happened with them? Well, I thought they had a great plan for the Panthers, and the Panthers obviously did too. Uh, the sack Cam Newton five times, uh, Jordan got him twice, and Gallette got him three times. And I mean, they limited him to 239 total yards, 111 passing. And I was on the radio with some people in Carolina. Uh, on uh, Monday after the game, and they were talking about they haven't seen anybody with the sort of plan the Saints had uh, to well-diagnose the, the, the Cam Newton scrambles. They noted that he very seldom scrambled between the tackles. He usually peels out and, and uh, tries to get his get with, uh, outside with the edge and, and utilize his speed, and the Saints seem to be ready for that pretty much continually throughout the game. And when they did sack him, uh, these were sacks in excess of a yard or two because the pocket had collapsed. It's usually with him peeling out or giving ground, hoping to make a play. So I thought they had a great plan. Uh, this will be kind of a similar situation this week. While Cam Newton was obviously able to, to beat you by himself, uh, the whole plan this week I think will probably be to, to try to hold down their running attack with Zach Stacy and teams recently in the two-game losing streak that the Rams are in have, have done so. He only carried 14 times for 25 yards. So you hold down this running attack, and uh, it's unlikely that Kellen Clemens is going to beat you. 
Jim, we've touched on a lot of the, the important things. I'm glad you brought up Zach Stacy there. When you boil it all down, um, when you look at the storylines for this game going into Sunday with three to go on the regular season schedule, what, what, do you, what do you kick things off with on Sunday as far as telling the story of the Saints and Rams in 2013? Well, I think probably we'll harken back to 2011. We'll harken back to how often these teams have played. Um, you know, Drew said yesterday he can, the cliche of throwing the records out the, out the window, um, the opportunity for the Saints to make the playoffs, not to overlook a team that it, it looks to be very beatable. And probably, again, as I mentioned, um, the scenario about jumping on a team quickly. The Saints uh, have, have started fairly slowly in their uh, recent road losses. I think they've fallen behind and allowed the other team to score first when in their last uh, last few road losses. So I think it'll be important to get off to a fast start, and that's probably something we'll touch on as well. So um, probably those themes. I think you've wrapped it up all in a nice, neat package again. You know, it seems it seems less sexy all of a sudden for the uh, Saints this week because we're not talking about prime time or Carolina or Seattle or anything else. But as you mentioned, that that overwhelming feeling of you'll have made the playoffs uh, after what you went through last year with a win this Sunday is, is enough for me to grab my interest at 3.30 Central on a Sunday afternoon. Um, yeah, and you know, while it's not in prime yeah. time, it is a nationally televised game, having been moved to the second game on Sunday afternoon. And since 2006 under Peyton, the Saints are 22-9 and nine in nationally televised games, so hopefully it'll be 23-9 and nine after Sunday. I love the stat. And I'll also choose the radio broadcast more than anything else. Now, don't tell Chris Myers that. By the way, speaking of, he's coming up next on the uh, Black and Blue Report. Uh, any good Chris Myers stories for me, Jim? Uh, Chris is a great guy, and I worked with him for years, and he's done tremendously well. Uh, I like Chris a great deal. Uh, he He's always had the ability. He's very aggressive, and he's done a lot for himself and for his career. And um, So probably none that I could relate offhand over the year, but... Uh, please remember me fondly to him, and I hope to re- I hope to run into him in the course of uh, Sunday afternoon because uh, he's a good guy, All very right. good guy. He's had some tough things going on for him recently, but very good guy. Excellent. I know that you'll enjoy seeing each other on Sunday. And uh, on a much lighter note, uh, before we go, curious as to how we uh, how we are doing on our word of the week challenge, Mr. Henderson. Well, I, I certainly worked it in uh, last week. I, I did forget about it at halftime, but I made the uh, I made the adjustment. <laughs> and uh, came through in the second half, I think, much to the delight of anybody who's listening. And uh, I'm wondering how you did. When did this? Uh, when were you able to work in the, uh, the, the word I gave you? Unctious occurred last Friday against the Oklahoma City Thunder uh, as Monty Williams was doing some lobbying uh, to the officials, but not rather in an unctious way. So um, <laughs> I think that fit. I think I used the proper, the proper use of the word there. Um, of course, everybody in our broadcast is familiar with what's going on because Daniel's obviously involved with us and all that. Are you sliding these words into your broadcast unbeknownst to all those who are working with you, or is the word spread a little bit that you are up against it as far as working uh, a particular um, a new piece of vocabulary into the broadcast? No, I've, I've tried to keep it undercover and just kind of make people believe this is a word that I commonly have in my vocabulary and use it on a daily basis. All right, well, this week you may have some explaining to do. Are you huh. ready? Are you ready for the word challenge for the Saints Rams broadcast? Words with friends. What will it be? Uh, it will be Gugaw. Now you're going to have to spell that one for uh-huh. me. Aha! For the first time, you haven't said, "Oh, that's too easy, Sean." Is that Lady Gugaw or what is that? No, 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 Jim. I know that you have all of her 
all of our hits on your iPod there, but um, it is Goo Gaw. That's G E W G E W. Yes, sir. G A W. G A. Guga. Guga. Yes. Guga. G E W G A. W. G A W. Yes, sir. G E W G A W. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Is this an English word or it what is. is this? It is. Would you like Would you like a uh, a definition or you want to go on on your own? No, I'll go out on my own because okay. I'm afraid you might give me the wrong one and then I'd <laughs> seem even more like a dork when I use it incorrectly on the air. Not that anybody will know, I'm sure. No, no, because you're keeping it all a secret. Um, right. Right. All right. What do you have for me, Jim? I have for you obstreperous. Uh, your what hurts? <laughs> Obstreperous. Spell, please, because I'm the dolt in this conversation. All right. O B S T R E P S T R E R O U S. And this is going to be easy for you to use, believe me. This will be you'll probably find you'll you'll use this in almost every Pelican broadcast from now on because it, it works in beautifully to your craft. Obstreperous. Uh, go back again. O B S T R E P. E R O U S. E R O U S. Obstreperous. Kind of rolls off the tongue. Now, is this something that you looked up, or is this something that you've used in your own vocabulary for some time? Well, I've used it. Uh, I was pretty sure I knew the definition, but I have to admit I did double-check it just to make sure it was what I thought, and of course it was. And so uh, I think you'll be very impressed by this word, and I think you'll find it very useful. Excellent. I can't wait to use it, maybe perhaps as early as tomorrow night against the Memphis Grizzlies. I guarantee you, you'll have that opportunity. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm going to get right on my iPad here and look it up in a second. Um, all right, Google for you, obstreperous for me, and uh, right. hopefully winning broadcasts for both of us this weekend. I'm all for that. Yes, sir. Appreciate the time. Safe travels this weekend, Jim. Well, thanks, Sean. I'm looking forward to getting back to your hometown. Do you have any... Uh, is your credit card still open in any place there that I, I could probably stop in and remind them of your uh, of your patronage? Uh, yes, it's always under Griswold. Griswold. <laughs> Clark or Sparky? Uh, or no, I'll always be Clark. I, I can't aspire to be Sparky. Um, I guess you could share that story. What we'll talk about that uh, next week. Is that fair? Sure. I want you to Getting tell close to the holiday season. Yes, I want you to tell the story about one of your favorite all-time Christmas presents that has an enduring tradition in your family. I know you know sure, what I'm talking about. To. All right, we'll do that next week. Sounds good. All right. I'll talk to you from the West Coast, Jim. I appreciate it, and uh, good luck to the Saints this weekend. We'll enjoy your call, and as always, appreciate your time on the Black and Blue Report. Thanks a lot, Sean. Chris Myers from the NFL on Fox is next. Hey there, what you having? Um, what kind of specials do you have today? Well, tonight we're doing $2 benzene and tonics, $4 lemon arsenics, and $5 beryllium bombs. Wait, what? Those don't sound like drinks. They sound like types of poison. Well, it's a fine line. Besides, this is a smoky bar. What do you think we're all breathing in right now? Uh, I don't know. Nicotine? Listen, I'm going to hook you up. You're not really living until you've had a formaldehyde martini. Yeah, I'm going home. Secondhand smoke does more than just stink. It costs Louisiana thousands of lives and contains dozens of harmful chemicals that lead to things like emphysema, heart disease, and lung cancer. 
learn what's being done to protect all Louisianans in bars and gaming facilities at letsbetotallyclear.org. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Our next guest has plenty of ties to New Orleans at different levels, and of course, uh, we welcome him in for the first time as he's getting set to call the Saints and the Pelican, or the Saints and the Rams this weekend. That's Chris Myers with the NFL on Fox. It's his crew, finally, the Chris Myers, Tim Ryan, Jennifer Hale crew that will have a Saints assignment uh, this uh, weekend. Chris, uh, welcome in. We appreciate it, and I know there's a lot of people probably listening to this podcast today that uh, know a little bit about you and your time spent here in new orleans oh they're great yeah sean thanks for having me on uh, the tremendous loyalty that i felt in my six years there uh, working in, in local television and uh with with jim henderson and uh, obviously uh you know my, i met my wife there in new orleans who grew up on magazine street went to uno ben franklin high school uh we still have family in and around uh, uh the area so yeah i don't get to to do enough saints games as the schedule falls and now with jennifer hale who is based there and her news director at the fox uh, tv station was worked with me in the sports department with jim henderson when i was there so i'm proud of him how michael Schaefer has has kind of risen to the top in the community so and then you know it was the years of, of the first really winning years uh, in the 80s uh, when i was there to see the saints finally uh, turn the corner and become a contender. Uh, it was nice to to be a part of that. And then as a you know as a network broadcaster coming back, being able to hand out that that championship trophy uh, when the Saints beat the the Vikings in that in that uh, dramatic nail biting game before they went on to you know to win the Super Bowl. So yeah, there's a lot I could go on. I could go on and on. But anytime I get to do a Saints game, I run into people whether it's home or away. Uh, some familiar faces, and it, and it triggers a lot of positive memories. And that's outstanding. Chris Myers will be in the play-by-play chair on Sunday afternoon. That's a 3:25 Central Time kickoff at the Edward Jones Dome in uh, St. Louis. Uh, Chris Myers has worked, uh, everybody knows this, not only just locally here in New Orleans, but on the national stage for so long now. I'm sure you've seen it all, including um, the uh, outfits that Jennifer Hale wears on a weekly basis. As Jennifer reminded me yesterday to bring up, she wanted me to, I don't, I don't want to say call you out, Chris, but uh, she said uh, to bring up to, to Chris Myers um, his weekly uh, conversation about the fashion choices of one Jennifer Hale. Um, I always is this a hobby, Chris? <laughs> what is it? Is this a bit of a hobby, this fashion uh, critique, I guess? Yeah, she, well, it's because I, you know, people, I, I, I have a, a quick study of fans and comedians over the years, other than the sports world, so... Well, we get, you know, our production group, we gather for meetings or ready to go to head over to the game. And Jennifer has, uh, you know, guys, we always wear the basic stuff, your coat and tie kind of thing. But her, whether it's a, whether it's a unique hat when we did the game in London or some other coat, you know, we had the cold, the snow weather game. So she always likes this, uh, give me a comment on my outfit. So I, it's a quick, you know, I, so sometimes I say, hey, you look like, a, you know, a flight attendant, on, uh, you know, Delta or whatever. <laughs> so uh, I did notice this was public, but uh, she, it's almost like she, I, you know, one, of my, one of my lines throughout my career, but I kid because I care. Like if I don't comment, that, that means I don't. So she's always like, come on, give me, you got to give me something this time. So I, one time she was like the Queen of England. And uh, so we, we like to tease her about that, or at least I like to, and everybody looks forward to it. <laughs> including Jennifer, who's a good sport. But last week, with that tremendous game in Baltimore on the snow, uh, I just give her a lot of credit as someone who's been a sideline reporter for a lot of years in tough weather conditions for uh, whatever you're wearing. 
you know, to, to weather the conditions so that you can do a good job reporting because a lot of that sideline work, you got to be moving up and down and keeping an eye on what's going on. And you can't stand there in the heater, uh, uh, which is near, you know, on the bench where a lot of the players hang out. Yeah, no, that's a that's a definite no-no there. So, um, you know, it's when she when she brought that up yesterday, when I when I told her that you were kind enough to come on, uh, she wanted me to bring that up. I think that she really enjoys it um, and is anxiously awaiting your uh, your ribbing, I think, on weekends about that. So. <laughs> yeah, this, I think she wants you to do it on the air, but I, you always get to be careful with those things. But despite of it, see, having her, having her tell you to bring it up, it's her, it's her way of payback a little bit. Yes, so I, no. I think, I, I think it's all fair. That's the way it goes. I apologize, Chris. I'm simply the vehicle of, uh, of a little stick <laughs> You're the back guy there. in between, yes. right? Yes, yes. Um, so 5-8 and eight St. Louis welcoming in the 10-3 and three Saints. When you're doing your game prep, Chris, for this game, what's jumping off the page at you? What are your lead storylines for this one? Well, I mean, and obviously we, we have the ability to go back and watch the Saints if we haven't watched them on our own. I mean, we have the, the, the video, we have coaches' copies of, of game film, and, and, the, and Fox supplies us with different videos if we want to go back and watch every game through the entire season. But just looking at the raw numbers, and I've watched the last few Saints games, obviously, I I, I saw them against Carolina, and, and then even in the, you know, they've been in this primetime schedule this month. The, 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 the terrific balance. I mean, we always have known for years, even last year, when when the team didn't have Sean Payton, how, how explosive their offense is and how outstanding Drew Brees is. I mean, he's really in that Peyton Manning-Brady category where, you know, anytime he's out there, they have a chance to win. But the, what jumps out is the, is the defense and the balance on the team. I think sixth-ranked overall in the NFL and in offense and defense are close to that, depending upon what kind of numbers you you want to look at. And then the other thing is, is obviously, I, I know there's home field advantage for some teams, and then there's the real, and I saw it, I mean, I, I felt it, I've heard it, uh, as a reporter, as somebody who lived there, and then going back to cover the team, uh, you know, the advantage of the Saints that they have at home, just like Seattle has up at their place, those are two teams that really get the most out of home field advantage, and the fact that the Saints uh, on the road are, are a 3-3 three and three team uh, this year, some of that is schedule and conditioning, and they really haven't won an outdoor game in more than, than two months, and so uh, at least this is a dome game that they're playing. Of course, they have Carolina outside after this, and that's another important game for them to, to wrap up that number two seat in the, in the division, so I I think it's. Uh, I think the game. You know, I, I would be shocked if the Saints didn't win it. Uh, but but I, I just think they have to be careful. And given their history, I, I was part of a crew that called the game a couple of years ago. And again, it was a different Rams coach. But uh, the Rams were struggling, and they were able to upset the Saints and Drew Brees. And, and we're still stunned in that one uh, with how that came off. So that's something. And, and it was the defensive line and the defense of the Rams that set the tone in that game. What about this edition of the Rams, Chris? When you, when you look at a team that's 5-8 and eight, that just uh, sealed their fate on a 10th straight losing season, there is no postseason, but, but yet you know professionals will take the field on Sunday. I'm curious as to what you think they'll bring most to the table that could favor them in some way in this matchup. Yeah, I mean, I think they're, they're just their offense in the last two games that they struggled, and, and the Rams had some pretty big wins, I mean, themselves. Uh, Beating, beating the Bears, uh, they played well on the road. Beat the Colts earlier this year. When that's happened, I, you know they, they've had their running game going, and the defensive lines, specifically Robert Quinn, Chris Long on the ends, have have put such pressure. Their front four has been able to put pressure and consume the quarterback, and also bottle up the run. And that's changed everything. It's forced a few turnovers. That's something they've been good at. And then the offense can be, be patient because they're not even with Tavon Austin. And I know he has a 
has an ankle that's uh, bothering him, kept him out of practice yesterday. He, he's really their breakaway speed back. I mean, they, 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 I, I just this offense hasn't clicked yet, and Sam Bradford was having his best year before he got hurt. Kellen Clemens is functional, but their running game is what keeps them in it, and then they play keep away from, from the opposition. So I, I, I think if the Saints <laughs> don't play it safe, <laughs> excuse me, yes, but, they, but they don't, they don't give the Rams any opportunity with with turnovers. Uh, it'll be tough for the Rams to score uh, for the Rams to score on the Saints uh, defense. And and but if the Rams are to, to to stay in this, their their defense, their front four is going to have to is going to have to dominate. Chris Myers from the NFL on Fox, our guest here on the Black and Blue Report. Uh, Chris, uh, that's great stuff. Uh, we're looking forward to the broadcast, but uh, I can't seem to let the fashion angle go. So I'll I'll, I'll leave you with this question. Um, in light of the Jennifer Hill uh, situation there, who selects uh, the Chris Myers game day tie? Is that a personal selection, or do you have help there? I uh, no, I, I, it's, I appreciate you asking. It's uh, it's years of of of, uh, of anchor man experience, and that you have a great collection of ties, and you. Uh, I, I try to base them on, and sometimes it's not. <laughs> you have to be careful if the Vikings are playing, let's say the Redskins, and you wear a purple tie. And people see purple, they think you're biased towards one team or the other. So right away, you got to be careful of that. And last week, the Ravens and Vikings played, so purple was okay because it's a little purple with gold. But yeah, it obviously has to uh, has to match your outfit. So yes, and you, and you don't want to ever wear at the same tie in back-to-back weeks or over a, a, a short amount of time where certain people might uh, might notice and. Uh, the key to, in my always my view for my early days, is a smaller knot. The big knots are not fashionable. Maybe for larger people, that might be something they want to do. But that's what I was told. That the collar and the knot really make the tie. And then, as long as it's not too crazy, uh, in terms of a color scheme or a pattern that goes with the suit or the shirts, uh, then then you should <laughs> that you should be good. I'm glad you're asking about tie tips. This, it, yeah, it this, is a, this I, is. I I really struggled with trying to tie a tie. My father had to show me that when I was younger. And I had to practice like you practice, you know, hit the baseball off a tee as a kid uh, so that you get the good the good knot in the tie. Oh, I, many days I go off to do a game and my wife will say, whoa, 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 where do you think you're going with that? Um, right. So I didn't know if you got any help or not. So I, I, I have well, help usually, at home. Usually if, yeah, if there's a decision to make, I'll, I'll ask my wife, hey, what looks better, this or this? And she'll say, I like that one. But but you're the tie guy. You know, so I, <laughs> yeah. I, have, that, I have that nailed down. So now we have two things to look for aside from the game. You get, you get the tie and you get Jennifer Hale's outfit in St. Louis. Perfect. There we go. We're off and running, and we'll see you on Sunday. Chris, as always, I appreciate it, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you down the road for sure. No, it, was, uh, it was great being on with you. All right, I enjoyed it. Thanks. Thank you, sir. Chris Myers from the NFL on Fox. He'll have it with Tim Ryan and Jennifer Hill on Sunday. That's a 325 kickoff with the uh, Saints and the Rams. Speaking of the Saints, a little bit more to go here on the Black and Blue Report. We'll hear from Drew Brees next. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. 
Make the holiday season extra special for your favorite sports fan by giving the gift of Pelicans basketball. The Pelicans Holiday Plan, presented by Austin Steakhouse, is the perfect stocking stuffer. With packages starting as low as $45, you can choose any five games, including the Heat, Thunder, and Clippers. Plus, with every holiday plan purchase, you'll receive a free $25 Austin Steakhouse gift card. Call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to get your holiday plan today. Does your boss know you're listening? If not, turn it up louder. This is the Black and Blue Report. The Louisiana State High School football championships begin today at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. That's going to go over three days, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. They have nine state titles to hand out over the three-day stretch. A lot of good games on tap. Uh, And so we salute all of you competing this uh, weekend. And we uh, hope that you make it a part of your football weekend because um, it'll be special. Yesterday we talked about the Southeastern University, Southeastern Louisiana University Lions. They have a big game, a playoff game on Saturday night. So between the high school football, the SLU game, and then the uh, NFL action on Sunday, boy, it's good stuff, even with the college guys uh, idle this weekend. So that's all good. And uh, in honor of those competing for a high school championship, we thought we'd share yesterday's uh, comments from Drew Brees. He was asked about his run to a state championship during his days in Texas. And uh, this is an interesting story that I think you'll enjoy. Oh, man, it was awesome. That, that, whole, that whole road to the, the state finals my senior year was crazy. You know, first of all, the venues you get to play in. You know, you, our first two rounds were always at Southwest Texas, you know, in, in, uh, which I guess is Texas State now, in San Marcos. Um, and which is where both my grandparents went to school, actually. Um, so you play there against San Antonio schools, and then if you were fortunate enough to win there, then you went down and usually played a South Texas team. So we had to go down and play Victoria from South Texas, and then we played in the Alamo Dome in the quarterfinals against Churchill, San Antonio Churchill. So you're kind of playing the best out of San Antonio at that point. And then we went to Houston and played in the Astrodome against Aldean. That was like an NFL roster, no joke. If you look just man for man, height, weight, speed, talent, I mean, it was unreal. We found a way to beat those guys, and then we played Abilene Cooper in the state finals in Texas Stadium. So when you think about it, you know, you're playing in, you know, all college stadiums. You're drawing between 20 and 40,000 people. I mean, man, that was, that's what it was all about. We were 16-0. and 0. You know, that's, that's hard to do, especially 5A, state of Texas. But, you know. Still talk with a lot of those guys, you know, and have great memories from from those days. You you never know what's going to happen after that, you know. And, and and we weren't a team that had a bunch of guys going to college. I mean, I didn't start getting recruited until like the fourth or fifth round of the playoffs that year. You know, that's the first time I had actually been contacted by schools to come on official visits, and even you know the thought of a scholarship offer to play in college. So, and most of my team was was that way. Just just a bunch of hardworking guys, well coached. Um, Great system, you know, but they had kind of all been brought up together and had this goal, the singular goal of going and winning a, a state championship. And so, yeah, it was as pure as you get. And, and once you win it, I mean, you think that that's it's the greatest thing in the world because you really don't have any expectations beyond that, you know. And never did I think I'd, you know, be here playing in the NFL. But, um, you know, so that's what makes it so special too. So Drew Brees commenting there yesterday with a smile on his face about what it was like to uh, make his way through the Texas State playoffs and eventually a championship. He went undefeated in earning that state title before going off to Purdue University. Tomorrow on the Black and Blue Report, we'll preview Pelicans and Grizzlies with Eric Hasseltine 
of the Memphis Grizzlies. We'll, uh, of course, continue our coverage of Saints and Rams with John DeShazer and have a whole lot more for you tomorrow on the Black and Blue Report. The Friday edition comes your way just after noon central. That'll do it for today's show. Our thanks to Jim Henderson, Chris Myers, Jason Smith today, and Saints quarterback Drew Brees. For producer Dan, I'm Sean Kelly. And until later on today for the Monty Williams Show and tomorrow for the Black and Blue Report at noon, so long for just a while. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.